Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and we're back for Locked On Coyotes. Locked On Coyotes is a podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back again. It's Wednesday, and it's uh, after yet another Coyotes win. That's their fourth in a row. And this team is rolling at the moment. They went to New York, to Madison Square Garden, after having a, a couple days off and extended uh, time off after their game, after the win Saturday against Ottawa. They had an early game. It was a 4 o'clock start in Arizona, finished. Um, were in New York by Sunday. I don't know. I don't think they left before uh, or right after the Ottawa game. I think they left sometime in the morning on Sunday. So got some time to acclimate themselves to New York, get their bodies kind of used to a little the time difference, uh, three hours ahead. So everything starts three hours earlier according to your body. So Coyotes uh, looked good, though. It didn't look like they had any trouble again, dominated the game. Um, had to win in overtime, though, as in the second period, the Rangers scored twice uh, thanks to Tony D'Angelo. And D'Angelo, the former Coyote, he's finding himself uh, well in uh, New York. He's been a good piece there. He was a part of the Ronta Stepon trade um, that sent him and then the Coyotes 2017 uh, first round pick, which ended up being Lias Anderson uh, for the Rangers. So D'Angelo scores twice, but that's all the Rangers could muster is uh, they do end up getting a point out of it. But um, And Georgiev, who did start, we talked about him a little bit uh, on the podcast is I thought he uh, thought he should be taking over sometime soon for Henrik Lundqvist and proved again why he probably should be. He made 32 saves. The Coyotes in that first period outshot the Rangers 21 to four, so it was an incredible display of domination by the Coyotes early. Uh, only able to get the one goal out of it though. So you would like if you're the Coyotes, you want to see. Maybe some more scoring when you have 21 shots like that, but uh, Lawson Krause got his second of the year. Uh, Fisher on the assist, that's his first point. So, you know, the Coyotes uh, took, a lot of, took a lot of shots, had a lot of opportunities. Uh, didn't get the win until overtime, and it was Christian Dvorak who had a beautiful shot that went over the shoulder. We'll talk about Dvorak a little bit more. He has been spectacular for this team. Um, and then, so after the first period, the Coyotes led in shots 21-4, to 12-8 uh, for the Rangers. The Rangers had found their game a little bit more in that second period. And in the third, it was both teams almost trying to not let the other team uh, get a goal more than they were trying to score as shots were 5-3. to three. That was it for the final frame. And then it only needed one shot in overtime, and that was Dvorak. So um, the Coyotes held possession the whole time in that overtime period and uh, held that puck. Uh, there was 3.56 remaining in the overtime when Dvorak found the back of the net. So official time 104 of overtime. And the Coyotes off that faceoff got the puck and just kept possession. And it's kind of weird with that overtime when it changed uh, a few years back. A lot of people were wondering what it would look like. What's if, you know, and it started out, Pretty fast-paced guy, just getting the puck, going up, shooting, going back the other way, which I think was the intention. But then you saw the teams quickly figured out, you know, at this level, teams and coaches pretty smart when it comes to this kind of stuff. And they figured out, okay, 
slow it down, hold possession, see if we can get the best shot, which um, I'll have to t- take a look at the numbers. It sure didn't feel like uh, it helped not having games go to shootouts, but uh, definitely a lot more fun. Uh, so for the Coyotes, a three-on-three overtime victory and a lot of penalties in this game, and the Rangers took five of them, so um, including a five-on-three for the Coyotes, and they were not able to get a, a goal out of that, which I wouldn't say is too disappointing. Again, they won, but you'd definitely like to see uh, that team be able to put the puck in the back of the net on that five-on-three power play, but either way, the Coyotes pick it up, and no power play goals for the, actually, that's incorrect. Goligoski's goal in the second was a power play goal, so that power play is still ticking. Forgot about that. That was Goligoski's first, and we were talking about him on the show on Monday, and if he was going to, you know, he could be maybe a trade piece, a way to free up some of that cap space, and goes out and he puts up two points. So, uh, again, a guy who had fully admitted he lost his passion a little bit last year, just wasn't sure if the hockey was right for him, and he's come out. He's looked rejuvenated again. If if they were to trade him, it wouldn't be because of talent, because Alex Goligoski, arguably uh, the best uh, defenseman, at least contributing the most offensively right now. He's got uh, six points in eight games, so it's been a, a good start for him. And uh, for the Coyotes, that's what they need. They needed Alex Goligoski to to have a big year. They need everybody to have a big year. And it, it sure seems that this team is finally clicking. It's You've waited and waited because in 2017 at the draft, they make the coaching change to Rick Tockett. They trade for Ronta and step on. And you start to think, you know, is this, the, is this finally it, right? Are the Coyotes ready to compete? And again, I think injuries have hammered them a lot the last couple of years. But this seems like the best team that they've had and probably since they first moved here honestly and I look I know that 2012 team went to the Stanley Cup final but they just didn't outside of Redeem Verbata and, and Ray Whitney it felt like they just didn't have the talent down that lineup the Coyotes I mean you you roll out any one of their lines and you're confident that they can get the job done and it just doesn't didn't feel like that in years past so uh, Coyotes definitely a complete team I'll keep saying it I still think they're the best team in the West uh, maybe Sands, Colorado. I think Colorado and Arizona are the top two teams. I think people don't talk about the Coyotes a lot. A, they are you know a team that has been pretty bad for a lot of years and has always been the center of relocation rumors. So again, not it's understandable why they're not being talked about. But I think the Coyotes have played the most complete game out of any team. There's one game. Uh, again, one game where you feel like that they actually lost or that they, again, deserved, we'll put that in quotes, deserved to lose. And that was against Colorado. And even then, they battled back from down 2 nothing to tie the game and steal a point. So a team that has battled and battle-tested and went through a lot last year, made some good changes, and they're really looking forward to getting themselves into the playoffs, and uh, they're well on their way. They're 5-2-1, and one, four in a row, um, points in their last six games, and uh, we'll see if they can continue that streak into the island. They have today off, today being Wednesday, then they head over to 
Long Island and Nassau and the renovated Nassau Coliseum. And then they go to New Jersey on Friday before getting the weekend off. I mean, you think about uh, a hockey team. I mean, obviously they'll probably have some practices, maybe a skate or two. But, I mean, you think about uh, the professional athlete lifestyle. It's not a Monday through Friday, get the weekends off. And uh, in terms of games, they get the weekend off. They're off uh, Saturday and Sunday before heading to Buffalo on Monday. Christian Dvorak got the game winner last night, and he has been a spectacular piece to a Coyotes team looking to make that next step. And I think he's looking to make that next step in his career too. Guy drafted it uh, 58th overall in 2014. Uh, the Coyotes kind of took a flyer on him. That was d- an interesting cho- choice if you really look at it. Uh, started in the USHL in 2012-2013, put up five points in nine games. Next year, he's on the London Knights of the OHL. Only puts up 14 points in 33 games. And a lot of people probably wondering, okay, a kid that could have potential and, and you know, what what could come next for him? Well, what's next is he gets drafted, didn't put up the flashy numbers, but second round by the Coyotes, and goes out, puts up 109 points in 66 games. Then the next year puts up 121. So this is a guy that can pump, pump the puck in the back of the net, a guy that can feed his feed his teammates to do the same and it's just for Christian Dvorak a guy who's been through so many injury uh or through a, a big injury uh, a couple years ago finally got back uh, towards the end of last season put up seven points uh, and prior to that his NHL career a little underwhelming I guess played in 78 games in 2016-17 at 33 points uh, the year after that, 37 points in the same amount of games and actually had identical amount of goals. He had 15 in his first two seasons, just four more assists. Uh, but then last year, I mean, coming back from an injury, right? And especially in a part of the year where you come back and the Coyotes are already most of the way through the season. Their lines are, are pretty much set. I mean, you want to make room for a guy like Dvorak. And, you know, he comes back. Not only are the Coyotes midway through the season or more than midway through the season and they got what they, you know, exactly what they're looking for, but a lot of the other teams are rolling. The game is already up to speed. I mean, you see early on, right? Uh, Sometimes you have a Recently in the NHL, it's been early in the year. Goals are way up, Um, you know, but usually the play is one way or the other um, once the season starts. But once you get towards the middle of the season, things start to even out. And uh, teams really start to, to find their groove in terms of, you know, what they want to do. And for Dvorak, um, you know, he jumped in more than midway through the season, had to get himself going, did get seven points in 20 games, which is still impressive for a guy coming off a huge back injury um, and had to really get himself up to speed to what the NHL game was, which most teams and most players were already at that speed. Um, and this year, full training camp, fully healthy, five points so far in eight games, has four goals, scored the game winner last night. I mean, he is he is rolling right now. He's a plus six as well. So um, for Christian Dvorak, I mean, he, he he's going to be a big part of this team. And he and Nick Schmaltz play together really well. I don't, I mean, you don't really want to break anybody up at the moment, but uh, he and Nick Schmaltz are rolling right now. And I just don't. I just don't know what is going to uh, 
if the team is going to be able to to keep this up, right? And and I think they will. And I think the Coyotes are going to, again, be a playoff team. But is that second line going to be able to keep scoring? Now, that first line is finally, uh, and I don't want to say finally as in it's been 10 games since they've done anything. It's, you know, definitely sometimes up, sometimes down. But for the most part, they've played a consistently good game. But I still think their second line has been the best. And you just wonder what, you know, they like Hinostroza. Um, but you just wonder, maybe that's a, that's an issue, uh, you know, again, not an issue, but maybe that's something that the Coyotes want to address near the trade deadline is, did they want to get maybe a bigger winger for that second line? Do they want to maybe grab a guy that, uh, could, could be, could even improve that second line? I mean, I, there's not a lot at least early. Um, again, teams aren't expecting to put themselves on, you know, put guys on the trade market this early. Uh, Connor Garland has been on that wing. He's been good on that left wing. Schmaltz on the right. Um, Garland, uh, it'll be interesting. He's been really good. Uh, but maybe do you try and go out and get somebody else? To help with that line, I mean, I think part of the reason why uh, Hayton hasn't been in the lineup, he had played on that line a little bit when he was in in his two games. Um, but then Vinny Hinostroza, I don't, he's had a, a tough start to his year. He hasn't been awful, but um, definitely uh, defensively hasn't been the greatest. Uh, so you wonder how long, how much longer he may be in the lineup. Uh, but I mean, that second line is is really the the one that's jump-started the offense and Christian Dvorak is been the best second line center you can ask for right it's a guy that he does everything that you want out of a second line center he's good on both ends of the ice he can score he can put up points and so for the Coyotes uh, and Christian Dvorak, it's about uh, maintaining what he has going on, um, keeping that line together. Again, you knock on wood for this. The only injuries so far, it's been Osterle and it's been uh, Jarmelson. Everybody knows Jarmelson's going to be out for about three months. Uh, Osterle is a great hockey player, but that injury I don't think hurts as much as the, the Jarmelson injury. Uh, but it is giving an opportunity for Kapobianco and for Labushkin to get some games in. Uh, Labushkin looked good last night. Like I said, he's not a guy that you're going to put on the top pairing, right? He's not a guy that's going to eat 25 minutes a night and give you a special teams play all the time. But a guy on the third pairing, you need a few shifts out of him. You know, take some pressure off that top pairing and take some minutes off the legs of some of your older older players, and he is uh, the guy that can get that done for you. So um, for the Coyotes, I think it's um, one of those uh, for the Coyotes where, you know, Dvorak works well. Um, and for Labushkin, back to that point, um, you know, he's – a guy that can, again, eat some minutes if he has to. I think maybe you see in some of the games that the Coyotes maybe win easily. And again, in the NHL, 
not a lot of those. Not a lot of games that you just run away with, but maybe Labushkin goes out there and gets some a few extra minutes. So they have guys like that. Um, but back to the, the forwards part, and specifically Christian Dvorak, not a lot of big injuries. And uh, for the Coyotes, in order to keep things going, they have to... They have to keep trusting trusting those lines and, and giving Christian Dvorak some, some bigger roles. Not that he hasn't had any bigger roles, but we'll see if it expands. We'll see if uh, for that second line if things are, are expanded for them, maybe some more special teams opportunities for uh, some of those guys on that second line. We'll see, but right now Christian Dvorak, really the one that is uh, keeping it together um, for that unit, especially down the middle. It's not forcing Brad Richardson or Carl Soderberg to try and play that second-line center role, which I think specifically Soderberg could do, uh, but they don't have to. He's able to take that over. He's able to play well up the middle. He's not. Um, it's been Soderberg on that second power play unit um, at center, but we'll see if that changes, um, If especially if uh, Dvorak keeps playing really well. I'll take a quick look at the rest of the Pacific Division from last night. I mean, we'll take a, kind of a quick look around the league, but specifically in the Pacific, the Sharks uh, lost to the Sabres in overtime. Jack Eichel again strikes. Jack Eichel has been so, I mean, he's been so good in his time in Buffalo, and you got to think back to that 2015 draft and specifically the lottery where the Oilers got the first overall pick and were able to get McDavid. That was the year the Coyotes had finished in uh, in second to last place so uh, without the lottery they most likely would have gotten Jack Eichel instead you get Dylan Strom who is now in Chicago uh, obviously that Nick Schmaltz trade I think is starting to work out for the Coyotes not that it didn't uh, prior to his injury but uh, in that Nick Schmaltz trade and then uh, so the Sabres getting Jack Eichel he's been really good for them and they're eight one and one again for the Sabers. Is this sustainable? Last year it clearly wasn't, uh, but could be a different season and maybe a team that's matured a little bit better. Ralph Kruger, another coach out in Buffalo, he replaced Phil Housley, who is now an assistant coach on the Coyote staff. Uh, so the Sabers beat the Sharks. The Sharks three five and one. And Andrew Bell and I had talked about that yesterday or on Monday that. The Sharks don't figure it out. They're starting to reach a territory where, again, nothing is impossible, but they're starting to reach a territory where it, it is going to start getting kind of red flag, and, and you start to worry about where this team is. Their goaltending, especially with Martin Jones, has not been good. Um, so that's been, uh, it's been a, a worry for the uh, – a worry – for the Sharks, and goaltending wasn't good last year. They made it to the Western Conference Finals, but the moment their offense is not able to pick up the issues from the goaltending and um, starting to hurt them a little bit. So they're at 3-5-1. Obviously, the Coyotes win last night. Uh, around the same time, the Canucks pick up a victory over the Red Wings 5-2. to two. Uh, They're 6-3. and three. Same thing for the Canucks as the Sabres. The Canucks have started pretty well the last couple of years, and they've really fallen off the map. But uh, Jacob Markstrom has been phenomenal. Thatcher Demko has been really good, too. So the Canucks, I think they're in a better spot. They definitely have a lot better roster than they had the previous two seasons where they've gotten off to decent starts. Um, and they beat the Red Wings, and Bo Horvat has a hat trick. Uh, two power play goals 
in the span of about a minute and a half in the third period. They were down two to nothing. Horvat puts two power play goals in, and then Vertanen and Schaller score in the middle part, and then Horvat at 18:48 picks up his hat trick. Uh, good news for the Coyotes here. The Ducks they lose six to one. They get blasted by the Predators, and uh, it was four nothing heading into the break or into the second intermission break, and then uh, Ryan Getzloff comes out, scores a goal early at 3.59, and again, 4-1, not the easiest, but uh, just think, okay, get an early one, maybe get another one, they're back, and then 31 seconds later, Victor Arvidsson pushes the lead back to four. He'll score again uh, a little under four minutes later, and the Ducks drop a 6-1 decision to the Predators. The Wild, uh, who have... Another team that has struggled early. Uh, they used three first-period goals to take down the Oilers. It was uh, Eric Stahl twice in the span of a minute and f- 15 seconds, about a minute 15 seconds. Um, and then Brad Hunt scores at 16.46 of the first. After that, no need for any scoring from the team in green as they shut down the Oilers. Uh, the Kings... Beat the Jets. The Kings are an interesting team. I, again, I don't think they're going to be uh, in the playoff chase, but I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people think. Uh, Wagner scores. Uh, they get The Kings score a goal period. Wagner scored the first one of the game. McDermott scored in the second, and then Kopitar on the power play gets the game winner. Uh, Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers are the goal scorers for the Jets in that one, as the Jets are now 5-6. and six. Uh, Kings now four and five. The Bla- or the Golden Knights, I mean, just pull victory from the jaws of defeat. Um, one nothing, all the way up to the 18:27 mark of the third period. So with a minute 33 to go, Nick Holden scores his second, and then the Golden Knights win in the shootout. So a team that uh, was a minute and 33 away from being six and five. Is now seven and four. The Blackhawks, even though they do get a point out of it, they're at two, three, and two. A lot of people wondering how they would would fare this season. They have Robin Leonard. Leonard's been good. They've really liked Corey Crawford in net most of the time. I don't know if that's because it's a thing of you know they're you know giving him kind of the the veteran respect and want to give him that opportunity. But Leonard has clearly been the better goaltender. They couldn't get him any help outside of Kirby Doc's goal in the first. And then the Flames lose to the Capitals. Like I said, I don't think the Flames are that good. And uh, they lose 5-3. to three. And really the only reason it's 5-3 to three is Tobias Reeder, former Coyote, scored with 16 seconds left. So pretty much a 5-2 to two game through the whole time. It was Cam Talbot to get the start, and he was pelted. So um, in the Pacific, the Coyotes uh, keeping up. They're at 5-2-1. and one. Um, Got a couple important losses in the standings. Uh, the Ducks and the Oilers, the Knights did win. Uh, but it was almost... Uh, they, you were so close to just having it be the Coyotes and the Canucks winning in the Pacific. But the Golden Knights uh, stole one from Chicago. So, uh, the Coyotes going to have to keep things going. Still three more games on this road trip before they go back home to face Montreal on October 30th. And their next game is going to be on Thursday. That'll be tomorrow. Yet another 4 p.m. puck drop as they take on the Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum. So appreciate you tuning in tomorrow. Uh, Hopefully able to get the podcast out 
uh, early enough before the game. Maybe we'll have an Islanders preview. If not, we'll talk about uh, the game right after. It'll be a little bit of an instant recap. And uh, Coyotes still rolling. We'll see if they can make it five in a row. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at SAskelson96. That is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. If you would like to follow the show on Twitter, it is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Again, that is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Appreciate you joining us here. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow, and we hope you stay locked on, Coyotes.